1: series called The Christian Checklist. It's under our Spiritual Corner category. You can find the full list of topics we shall cover under this category on our website, jf.foundation. That is j-a-e-f.foundation. God told Joshua something in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 that I believe most Christians overlook. You see, Joshua had been given the responsibility to lead the children of Israel into the promised land to possess it. And God was giving him some last-minute instructions before they set off. So picture yourself as the commander-in-chief. How would you, as the commander-in-chief, instruct your army general who is heading out to the battlefield? I'm sure most of us would be looking over battle strategy, tactics, and so forth. However, God's last departure instructions to Joshua seemed to be both ironic and iconic. God told Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8 that this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in this book day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in this book, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. The book of the law that God was referring to wasn't a book containing fighting instructions and battle tactics, no. The book of the law was a combination of God's moral laws, civil laws, and sanitary laws. Interesting, right? I think so. However, I want to draw our attention to these specific phrases used by God in verse 8. He said, the law, now today, to ask Christians, this means God's instructions. Then he also said, meditate day and night. This is a suggestion of a daily routine. Practice remembering these laws, meditate them, ponder them. He also said, observe to do all of it. Put it in, put them into action, put God's statutes into action daily then by do by doing all the above it's inevitable that whatever you do you will prosper and have good success whether it's a business relationship romantic relationship mental health finances leadership physical health you name it just like joshua was guaranteed good success in possessing a foreign land likewise god guarantees us Good success if we meditate and do all of his statutes. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3 that but understand this that in the last days will come set in perilous times of great stress and trouble hard to deal with and hard to bear and Peter also told the scattered believers around the world to be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. With this in mind, and the awareness of the times that we currently live in today, as a Christian, you can no longer afford to just wake up and dash out of the door. You need to remind yourself daily that you are like a soldier going out to the battlefield and whether or not you get back home to your family depends on the kind of armory that you go out with on the battlefield whether you like it or not accept it or not as a christian out in the world today you need to be thoroughly equipped before you encounter the day in fact i like to think of it as it's kill or be killed so the christian checklist is just a guide that you can use to stay sharpened and well-rounded in the different areas of your christian walk the christian checklist will help you cover your spiritual blind spots we hope this series blesses your heart so open up your heart and mind and let's dive in
0: This rock can't hold us, cause the light has shown us. No fear is big enough to own us. We were never meant to fit in these folders. Know this, I ain't scared of these poses. Over time, we all face opponents. They thought they could mess with this focus. But they forgot the end of the climb's the coldest. Know this, life's a battlefield of moments. Hold this. We have a new one here. We preserve. walls, you can't hold us. If we just keep running away, we'll never make- The
1: pre-show. Welcome back to episode 7 of the Christian Checklist. We are talking about how we should start being methodical about our Christian believers walk of faith. Just like people who work in very high-risk environments, likewise, best on the biblical timeline of the end times, we should see to it that we have all our bases covered. It's easy for us to get too comfortable in the paths of our Christian walk that don't really stretch us, and we end up paying very little attention to the other areas of our Christian walk, which creates blind spots and weak links in the chain of our armor. The Christian checklist is a tool we can use to do routine tune-ups in different areas of our believers walk of faith. Our first checklist has been the seven muscles of Christianity and this includes the word of God, prayer and fasting, meditation, confession, praise, worship and thanksgiving, generosity, writing, journaling, and remembrance. In fact, talking about the times that we're in, Christ on several accounts was challenging those people and saying, how is it that when the sun rises, you know the sun is rising, when the, wind, when the wind is blowing, you know which side it's going. When the weather elements are changing, you can predict what climate condition is coming up. But how is it that you cannot discern the times? I'm also reminded that the Christian walk, our approach, should be very methodical in one of our previous episodes we looked at the scripture at a passage by Paul the apostle and he was talking about how and this is from 1st Corinthians chapter 9 verses 24 to 27 Paul was saying in every in a race everyone runs but only one person gets first prize So run your race to win. To win the contest, you must deny yourselves many things that would keep you from doing your best. An athlete goes to all this trouble just to win a blue ribbon or a silver cup or a golden cup. But we do it for a heavenly reward that never disappears. So I run straight to the goal with purpose in every step. I fight to win. I'm not just shadow boxing or playing around. Like an athlete, I punish my body, treating it roughly, training it to do what it should, not what it wants. Otherwise, I fear after enlisting others for the race, I myself might be declared unfit and ordered to stand aside. Paul He's talking about how we should look at this Christian walk as an athlete. He says, a true athlete will be disciplined in every respect, practicing constant self-control in order to win a laurel wrath that quickly withers. But we run our race to win a victor's crown that will last forever. For that reason, I don't just run just for exercise or box like one throwing aimless punches. But i train like a champion athlete i subdue my body and get it under my control so that after preaching the good news to others i myself won't be disqualified and we say that paul here is pretty much saying that spiritual training is much more a necessity than the kind of physical training that professional athletes go through because you see Brothers and sisters, spiritual warfare is much more dangerous than sports warfare. Losing a sports game might cost you a trophy. But losing a spiritual battle might cost you your destiny or your life. So we need to have some checklists. We need to kind of have a rubric, something that reminds us. And the pirate checklist, I believe, for us as believers is what we're calling the seven muscles of Christianity. You need to exercise and work out every one of these muscles to be like an athlete who's training to win. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 13. Paul there talks about putting on the whole armor of God. He says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. And he lists a bunch of items, of warfare items. He lists what is involved in this armor of God. He talks about truth. He talks about our righteousness. He talks about peace, talks about the shield of faith, talks about salvation, helmet of salvation talks about sword of the Spirit. Then it also talks about praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching there are two with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Now, when we look at what we've termed as the seven masters of Christianity, We just mentioned them, uh, once again, the Word of God, prayer and fasting, meditation, confession, praise, worship, and thanksgiving, generosity, writing, journaling, and remembrance. We're going to just look at every one of them at each of these muscles and in a little bit more detail. And we shall see why we need all of them, why we need to be exercising all these seven muscles as often as we need to. So in detail today, we will look, first of all, at the word of God. The foundation or biggest muscle you need to exercise is the word of God. Picture an athlete. Doesn't matter what sport they play. If they don't have a strong core, they will never reach peak performance. A weak physical core leaves you prone to all kinds of injuries because every physical movement you make as a human being runs and operates through the core of your body. It's the core that connects everything. I believe that likewise, the core of the Christian believers walk of faith Is the Word of God. Now, I have tried to think of a way around this one, but there's just no way around it. We as Christian believers just have to accept this fact. And the sooner we realize that this is the core of the whole Christian walk, the better for us. Because all our Christian victories and defeats are connected to how much of the Word of God do we know? How much of the Word of God do you know? Our very existence and being on this planet started with the Word of God. The Word started everything, and it's the Word that finishes everything. It starts with the Word. It ends with the Word. In fact, in some scriptures it says, Heaven and earth will pass away. By your word, will live forever. The word started everything. And it's the word that will finish everything. The word will remain. In Hebrews, it talks about how the universe, the world, is held together by the word of his power. It's the word that holds everything together. Because we came, from the, we came from the written word. Everything came out of the word. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. And then the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. So in the context of driving on this highway called life, Think of the Word of God as the fuel, the spiritual fuel, or the spiritual food. To understand the Word of God, let alone even use it as the sword of the Spirit. So, in Ephesians chapter 6, Paul talks about one of the components of this armor of God. He says, to Pick up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. To understand the Word of God, let alone even use it as the sword of the Spirit, as we are told in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17, you need to know it. And in order to know the Word, you must read it. There is a progression to the Word of God. First, we read it. And we familiarize ourselves with it then it goes from just information in our minds to revelation in our hearts or our spirits once it descends from our minds just as as just information to revelation in our hearts it begins to ignite actions of revolution and the battle is won because the battle plan is derived from inside information called revelation. The word of God causes us to know something that we didn't know before about the battle we are facing and changes the course of this battle in our favor. We see this in different parts of scripture where revelation strategy from God is what turned the battle in the favor of the Israelites. Because God knows all the plans and tactics of the enemy, but the enemy doesn't know all of God's plans and tactics. This is what gives God unfair advantage with his all-knowing character. You see... God is omniscient. So he knows what the enemy's next move is going to be. So God will give you a counterattack strategy. And in one move, you disarm or destroy your opposition. One word of God can turn your destiny around. It can turn the trajectory of your life around. In one move, Because God knows what Satan is up to. God knows Satan's next strategy. God knows what Satan is plotting against you. So in one move, one word from God, he can give you a counterattack strategy and you can disarm or destroy your opposition. So the word of God is the engine that fuels, is the fuel, it's, it's the engine fuel. It fuels the engine. The word of God is the most important muscle in the seven muscles of Christianity. It propels every other muscle you need. The word of God is the core. Think of your body and think of the word as the core. If you don't have a strong core, you are prone to injuries. If you don't have a strong word of God in you, it doesn't matter how much you pray, fast, praise, worship, because all of those things are derived out of the word of God. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 16 to 17, the apostle Paul tells us, he says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord and whatsoever you do in word or deed do all in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God and the Father by him so when you look at the scripture the first thing that is mentioned here is the Word of Christ says let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly then he starts to talk about other things that happen when the word of Christ dwells in you richly. So let it dwell in you richly in all wisdom. The word comes first. Then it says after that, you can teach and admonish one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. You can see that this is going to be birthed out of the word of Christ, which dwells in us or dwells in you richly. Then it talks about singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So you can see that worship Your worship, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs are coming out of the word of Christ dwelling in you richly in all wisdom. Then he goes on to say, and whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then talks about, give thanks to God and the Father by him. All of this pivots around the word of Christ. That's the power of the Word of God. Muscle number two. Let's proceed to muscle number two, prayer and fasting. I love this one. So once you've established the Word of God as the core, once you start to exercise the Word of God, this muscle, you then have a solid foundation for other muscles be trained effectively you see again think of physical training think of physical exercise fitness if you have a if you have a weak core you won't get the best out of your leg workouts or your lower body workouts if you have a weak core you won't get the best out of your upper body workouts You won't have an effective chest workout routine or shoulder routine, arms, because every force, every activity is pivoted from the core, from the center. Every activity, every motion drives through the core. So now, once you've established the solid foundation of the Word of God that dwells in you richly, then you can ex- you can start training prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting; these two go together. Let's just look at prayer. Prayer initiates communication with the headquarters, where is headquarters heaven. Prayer is how we initiate communication with headquarters. But all of prayer communication is word-based. All of prayer communication is word-based. Heaven, or God the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, and all the ministering spirits and angels that have been sent forth to minister for you, the only language they understand and move on is the Word of God. It's the word of God. That's what they understand. So if you are praying and you don't have much word of God vocabulary, there's a hindrance. There is a hindrance. Think about it this way. If you're training an animal, let's say you're training a dog. You've trained your dog and there's a certain vocabulary that you've given it access to. You've you've taught your dog how to sit, shake a paw, stand, uh, turn around, do all these things. Now, if you come and issue a command, Outside the vocabulary that you have trained that dog, it won't respond. It won't respond. That's the same way, like if 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 your name is Calvin, if you called me by another name, I'm not going to respond. If you're walking down the street and someone shouts a name that doesn't resonate with your vocabulary, um chances are that you, you you're not gonna turn around because that's not your name. If you mention a command that your dog that is outside your dog's vocabulary, your dog's not gonna respond. So the vocabulary of heaven and everyone who is involved in heaven's government is the Word of God. It is the Word of God. So all prayer communication that is outside the Word of God is noise. It's noise to them. It's serious. This is serious business. How heaven adjudicates cases supplications is based on the word of God. When there is a case that you want the judge of the whole universe to listen to, he says, come present your case. You have to show up with Um, evidence, the, the evidence you show up to make your case has to be word based. The terminologies that scripture uses, for instance, if you're praying for healing, the way scripture talks about healing it says by his stripes you were healed that's how haven talks about it and then it says in other places, it says, you have been made whole so if i'm praying if i'm asking for healing And the word says, by his stripes, I was healed. But if I'm praying and I'm praying and saying, I am going to be healed. Those two statements are different. So those two statements are totally different. Because according to the word of God, healing is already, the the, the phrase, the way it, 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 the phraseology, the phrase, the tense, the vocabulary says, by his stripes, you were healed. It's in the past. So you have access to it. Now, if you don't know the word of God that it says you were healed, you are going to be praying, I will be healed. I will be is different from you are healed. I will be healed means you don't have healing. I was healed means there's already a spiritual provision for it. Because Ephesians chapter 1, 3 says, Blessed be the Lord God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So, our blessings... Are in the form of spiritual blessings but we've already been blessed with them so oh so when you're praying your words your prayer should be Lord I thank you that by your stripes I was healed it's different from it's a very different prayer from Lord I thank you that by your stripes I will be healed Because that's not the vocabulary of the word of God. The word of God says you were healed. So if you don't know the word of God, your prayer is ineffective. Because when you say by your stripes, I will be healed, I am going to be healed. um, The person who's supposed to administer healing the, 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 the spiritual authority is not unlocked because you are saying you will be versus I was healed. That's like sitting on a table and there's food in front of you and you're saying, I'm hungry. And the person who invited you is saying, eat. But he's saying, I am hungry. He's saying, "Eat." You're saying, "I am hungry." He's saying, "Eat." I was. Oh. I was talking. I was talking to someone, and they've been dealing with a um, terminal, terminal illness, and I said. I say, so we were talking, going, uh, and, and, and I said, listen, I, I know what it means to fight for your life, and I'm sorry that even, you know, I, I feel for you, but I said I really feel challenged by the Holy Spirit to tell you that you need to change your prayer vocabulary, because They were saying that the condition that they've been dealing with, it's been over, it's been over 42 years. And so we were talking, and they say, they said, I believe God will heal me in his time. So you see, as as Christians, This makes for a good. Um, it's. It's what was it? It's. This this kind of. Um, way of speaking. It seems right. It seems right. It sounds right. It, it on the surface. You know, it, it, it it gathers pity and also gathers, um, but I said, I said, okay, it's been 42 years, like how, when is, when is it going to be his time? Like in another eight years? I said, isn't that it? Like, 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 when will it be he will heal me in his time? I said, the thing that you keep on putting forward, what what is really blocking access to your healing is this. What is blocking access to your healing is because your, your prayer is not in line with the phraseology of the word of God. Because you're still praying that He will heal me, in His time. Scripture says that the Word is nigh you. Is that you, who will say, go down, to, go up to heaven, and bring, bring bring it down, or go down to the depths of the earth and bring it up? It says you can't do that. It says the Word is here, is nigh thee, even in your mouth. So healing has already been administered. So if you don't know the Word of God, that by His stripes you are healed and that's the prayer that you should be praying because that's what actually now activates the soul to start releasing that healing blessing that's in a spiritual blessing in your spirit to flow from your spirit through your soul and start manifesting in your body that's how a healing prayer is made and i told them because the symptoms in your body haven't changed, you first leave that. Your body will be the last one to get the memo. But the, the the signal message that needs to start coming from your spirit through your soul into your body needs to be, by his stripes I was healed. Now, if by his stripes I was healed, that means healing, I'm fighting from a position of victory. Because you have to realize that healing, uh, sickness, comes from the... Sickness is... You're fighting from a finished work of God, which is that by His stripes you are healed. And now when sickness comes, it's the devil who's trying to oppress you And kind of bring, it says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So sickness comes to steal, kill, and destroy you. So sickness comes from the outside to try and change your position that by his stripes you were healed. I said, if you keep praying, God will heal me in his time. There's just no vocabulary for that in scripture. There is no vocabulary for that in scripture. And I know the body of Christ for a very long time. And I used to be ignorant about. The, uh, especially this area of healing. A lot of people are praying. God will heal me. In his time. And they die. Prematurely. Because the scripture is also very clear. In Gal- um. Yes, in Galatians, in Galatians, let's look at that, actually not Galatians, Romans chapter 4, let's go there. This is Romans chapter 4, verse 17. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickens the dead, which which you can also read as who makes alive the dead. It says, and calls those things which be not as though they were. Who against hope believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken. So shall thy seed be. But listen to what it says. It says, even God, who calls those things which be not as though they were. So even God has to play by the rules of the word of God. So God calls those things which be not as though they were. So if God was praying for healing, if God needed healing, <laughs> God would never say, I am going to be healed. God's prayer himself would be, by his stripes, I am healed. That's how God would pray, if God needed healing. Now, he calls things that be not as though they were. That's, this, this, is, this goes against the grain of our Christian thinking, of our logical thinking. But that's how this plays. Th- these are the rules of engagement in prayer. So you're supposed to be praying, Father, I thank you that by your stripes I was healed. And now I ask that the healing that already exists in my spirit of my body, I ask that Holy Spirit, you flow from, from the, that this spirit life, this healing flows into my body and quickens my body. every prayer that we pray as Christian believers, should the vocabulary should be calling things that be not as though they were. That's how this happens. So all prayer communication that is not framed around the word of God, that does not use the Phrasology, how Christ, how Jesus prayed, and so forth, it is not effective. As, as sad as that sounds, it is not effective, and it doesn't get heaven moving. Because angels, they hearken unto the voice of his word. So, if the people, the forces that have been sent forth to minister for you, only hearken to the voice of his word, when you pray outside the word of God, angels don't move. That is how they've been created. That's how they've been designed. They respond to the word of God. Anything else like that is gibberish. And that's why praying in the spirit becomes so important. That's why we have that tool. In in Romans chapter 8, he says, Romans chapter 8 verse 26 says, Likewise, the spirit also helps our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. So there is a way in which we should pray for. There's a way in which we ought to pray. But the Spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to God, according to the will of God. It is likewise the Spirit also helps our infirmities for we know not what we should pray for as we ought so there is a way in which we ought to pray and it's according to the guidelines in the word of god the phrases we should use by his stripes i was healed and i am whole when you pray in that past tense and calling something that is not as it already is when you say by his stripes, I was healed, putting that prayer in past tense like that causes that healing to now come and swallow up sickness. When we are praying, we don't pray, we don't speak the situation. We speak the thing to replace the thing. You pray the thing that you want to replace the current situation. If if I need finances. I don't pray lack. I don't pray, Lord, help me. I don't have money. I don't, no, no, no. I pray, Lord, thank you that my bills are paid. Thank you that resources are coming to me. Thank you that finances are flowing in my favor. Thank you that new opportunities have opened up. And you also have to get From, You see, in Scripture, the phrases that are used in the Word of God is always either past tense or future tense finality. There's never transition. Like, you read throughout Scripture, you'll not find a word that says, I am going to. If it's start, it's either always past tense or it's always future affirmative. It's always future guaranteed. So God talks to Abraham and says, I have made you a father of many nations. He says, I have made you a father of many nations. Or in other cases, he says, I will give you the land. So let us look at that. Let let us look at that phrase. If you came to me and I said, call me, and and I told you, next week, I will give you the keys to my car. There is a finality and guarantee and assurance. However, when I say next week I am going, I am going to give you keys to my car next week. There's no guaranteeing that. I am going to can easily be interrupted. There's more finality in saying I will give you. My car keys next week. Versus, I am going to give you. You see, or I have given you my car keys. Those two, the, the one one of them is past tense affirmative. The other one is future tense guaranteed. So we also need to get from praying this. Um, praying these transitional prayers of i'm going to this is going to it's 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 best for us to pray to use phrases like i will i will have work tomorrow i will have a new job next week i will have my 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 application will be confirmed next week. Um, there's future tense guaranteed, and there's also past tense guaranteed as well. Th- those are, those are the only two fr- uh types of phrases how I see God communicating with people. He says, "I will give you the land." There's there's no in-between of, I'm going to give you the land. It's always, I will give you the land. I have made you. He's either always doing past tense um, guaranteed or future tense guaranteed. But before you pray, this comes from understanding the word of God and how all of this works and moves together. So I was challenging them. I was challenging this person. And I said, you keep praying, God will heal me in his time. And God is looking and you say, honey, I already healed you 2,000 years ago. You need to invoke that by his stripes I was healed. That is the only word that can drive that spirit of sickness that has stayed in your body for over 40 years. For as long as you still say God will heal me, that that phrase does not give authoritative eviction notice to the spirit of sickness that is in your body. When you tell the, the, the when you're evicting someone and you use, I will evict you, they, that doesn't tell them that it's time for them to leave. You say, I will evict you. However, when you say, I have evicted you, you have been evicted that's that communicates a different message to the person being served the eviction notice so if there's a spirit of sickness that's been in your body for 42 years and it's still dragging on and you're still telling it you're still telling this spirit of sickness this disease that god will heal me you've not given it authority affirmative authoritative action to leave your body because it's 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 also going to stay there and says we don't have an eviction notice but when you said by his stripes i was healed now that changes things the spirit of sickness has to flee because i was healed means you should not be in my body I am going to be healed or i i I am going to be healed or god will heal me means they still room it means you're telling the sickness you can still linger around when god finally sends the authoritative order is when you can leave 42 years later on you're still thinking god will heal you in his time god is saying by his stripes i healed you and now it's 42 years later on what has kept you in bondage Is because you did not you did not exert authoritative affirmative command to the sickness to leave your body you've been praying wrong this stuff is serious the more I learn about this stuff I'm like oh my goodness these things that I look back my family should have never gone through we were always praying wrong we always used to pray future tense God will do this. God will do this. This, But whereas the word of God was saying, he's already done it. He's already done it. He's already done it. So if we'd been praying in past tense, it would have been more affirmative action for that oppression known to linger around our family. It's different. So that's what I'm saying. Once you've established the core of the Christian, of, of the seven masters of Christianity, which is the word of God, then you have better grounds to pray. You have a more solid foundation to pray because you're praying according to the will of God, which is the Word of God. So Christians will pray, by His will I will be healed. But His will says, by His stripes you were healed. So if you're praying, I will be healed, and He's saying, by His stripes you were healed, the two are contradictory. And Jem says, let, let not that double-minded man think that he'll receive anything. So I challenged her. I challenged this person. And they say, wow, I had not been looking at it like that. And they'll get to share their testimony. I'm really believing that... that um, they're gonna be completely healed and we will have them on the podcast to share their testimony. So, all prayer communication that is outside the word of God is just gibberish and noise. So this muscle of prayer is how we download strategy from heaven. Prayer is how we initiate communication with headquarters. It's how we get direction. It's how we tell heaven, this is happening to me. What should I do? It's how we tell heaven, I'm being oppressed, I need backup. It's how you dial 91911. 911. It's through prayer. Prayer is how we initiate communication with headquarters. But I need to stress again that. The government of heaven, God, the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, and the ministering angels and spirits sent forth to minister for you. The only language they understand and move on is the word of God. Psalms 103 is very clear about that. Psalms 103 is very, very clear about that. It says, says, bless the Lord you his angels that excel in strength that do his commandments hearkening unto the voice of his word so maybe your angels have not been moving in your life because they they have nothing to hearken unto you are not praying the word of god so your angels cannot move, that's how they've been designed. I want to leave you with this, give it some thought, Seller. This was episode 7 of the Christian Checklist series. In this checklist called the seven muscles of Christianity, we've concluded that the word of God is the core muscle and the most important muscle among the seven muscles that we need to exercise regularly, if not daily. You see, the word of God is the spiritual fuel that our engines run on. Every other muscle will only be as strong as the core muscle is strong. In the next episode, We'll expound on the second Maso tandem, which is prayer and fasting. Your host for today was Calvin Cavando. Thanks for listening and see you on the next episode.
0: right lord knows i've been patient waiting for my moment to rise we gonna make it i know i know i know we gonna make it i know i know i know we gonna make it i know we ain't got no other choice we gotta make it blow let them play sleep all they want they already know got too much invested in me for me to ever fold too much power in my soul for you Ever told? Everybody got a purpose, gotta play a role You'll never take your shot, then you'll never know How far your shot can reach if you don't let it go Won't sell my soul for no gold or to reach my goals I'm trying to keep my heart clean in the freshest clothes I'm trying to keep my soul pure From this surgery Lord knows I've been know. working I know. I know. Lord knows i try, Lord knows I've been patient Waiting for my moment to rise Even when I'm low You know i tried And though the weight of affliction Lord knows I'll fight We're gonna make it, I know I know, I know We're gonna make it, I know I know, I know, we gonna make it, I know Fear try to stop you every time from being great But we overcome our fear and walk in faith I done already won, that's how I see the race And there's only one of me, there ain't no second place It's either half empty or it's half full Go take the two you got and make four Take the four you get and make more Why you complaining? You got everything you prayed for Stop being lazy cause you gon' get what you work for Stop shooting low, know your worth cause you worth more Right now somebody's somewhere praying for the things you got They can take the things you got and make it pop If they have talent, they'll rap and make it pop But when the pain comes, you pray to God to make it stop But the pain, to push you to your purpose I know cause I wrote this after I was shot Lord knows I I've been know, working I know. Lord knows I tried Lord knows I've been patient Waiting for my moment to rise, moment to rise. Even when I'm, low, when I'm low You know I tried And though the weight of affliction Lord knows i fight We're gonna make it I know I know I know